Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live, broadcasting from the Raymore and Flanagan bedroom studios in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I am Bobby Pape, and I am joined by our full cavalcade of hosts this morning, starting in Dallas, Texas, with Meredith Mahan. Hello, Meredith. Hey, Bobby. And in Austin, Texas, our favorite ex-con, Mike Frizzell. Good morning from the MeUndies studio in Austin, Texas. You know, Bobby, <laughs> as guys, we can some fi- sometimes find ourselves in an underwear rut, but until MeUndies came along, I was buying Hathaway boxers from Costco for 10 years. Before that, I was wearing standard issue white crime fighters from Fruit of the Loom. All perfectly good underbritches, no complaints, but MeUndies has changed my life. Every month, they send me an interesting array of skivvies, which I either wear or send back, no charge and no questions asked. <laughs> I don't have to tell a guy like you, Bobby, that when you're really feeling yourself in a brand new pair of underwear, the ladies can tell. So remember, as my good friend Carlos and customer support over at MeUndies always tells me, the rose goes in the front, big guy. Back to you, Bobby. I feel like all of MeUndies is about customer support. <laughs> and you've already heard her adorable laugh in Everett, Washington. The nice lady, Christy Wise. Good morning, Christy. Hello, Bobby. I um I have a um, request that I don't go after Mike from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just do I'm, him last. Right. <laughs> literally introducing you in the order your icon showed up on our Google Run sheet this morning. <laughs> so sorry about that. Uh, I wore my MeUndies early this week for the first time, really. And uh, I enjoyed them. They were fine. They're not my usual style, but they were fine. I didn't have the same uh, intense write-up issues that Meredith had. Mm. You don't have the same parts as her. Correct. Mm -hmm. All right. Real quick, guys. LRB Business followed by your week in review, including your clip of the week, which two of us decided while two of us weren't watching. Your housekeeping and how to get involved, starting with LRB Business. Uh, This is a Monday edition of the show where we recap your previous week of TBTL, but we also have a Friday edition of the show. The run sheet says Saturday, but I know better. It's a Friday show now (laughs) where we talk to a 10 about his or her favorite episode and a little bit about them and how they got involved with TBTL. Uh, Christy, why don't you tell us about our latest Friday episode, which you'll find in your feed just before this one, if you haven't heard it already. Of course, Bobby, we had Natalie, the Minnesotan who actually doesn't know Stu bot personally. Um, it, to come on and talk about minor league hockey and being crappy to your friends. So take a listen. <laughs> uh, a Jen Andrews instant classic mm-hmm. episode of TBTL discussed. If you haven't gone back and heard that, really, it's a great one. Uh, and our other matter of business, Party Like It's 1999, Friday night, the night before the 2000s show, several of us will be meeting at the Mandarin Gate to embarrass ourselves thoroughly. Go to Little Red Bandwagon on Facebook, check the event page, and join us for what is sure to be an embarrassing and regrettable night. With that, we'll go to our Week in Review, starting with Monday, episode number 1987, I Want to Hug Your Subconscious. We start with Luke sharing his web TV email address and Andrew sharing that he's a cutter, (laughs) both of which are thoroughly depressing. Isn't he a renter? What's he doing trimming vines? I don't know. 
Well, is this it is probably just those off... plants, right? <laughs> oh yeah, the ones moved that across fell. country. Mm-hmm. A oh, continuation God, the of the plant story. Oh, okay, sorry, I asked. <laughs> the one that magically blew out of its pot without the pot blowing over. Right. Luke reminds Andrew the proper way to cut. That was a nice way to start the week. <laughs> is he trying out new co-hosts already? Well, Stubot, I think, is still unemployed. There you go. So there you go. Uh, Andrew tells us about his weekend. He went to the Rose Bowl Flea, uh, and he's been working on a new podcast, which we'll talk about more later this week. Luke interviewed Jesse Eisenberg on Livewire, uh, and Jesse Eisenberg remembered a desperate plea email that Luke sent him three years ago to come on TBTL that he never responded to. What was the... What was Luke's entree there? What? How did he get Eisenberg's email? Through a mutual friend, the guy who directed Zombie Zombieland. Land. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, he, Eisenberg seems like the kind of guy who would who would remember. I mean, he seems really sharp. So mm-hmm. it seems like he would remember a name like Luke Burbank. I, I know I would if someone, even if I didn't know Luke and I got an email from some guy named Luke Burbank, I don't think I'd forget that name. Yes, real names that sound like fake names do tend to stand out. <laughs> uh, apparently, Jesse Eisenberg loves the gist. Yeah, I think he is the gist. I mean, he he is like really quick and talented and seems to be very full of himself like Mike Pesca. So he's like, he, if, if Pesca wasn't doing the gist and Eisenberg wasn't a famous actor, Eisenberg might be doing the gist. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think when the just first started, Mike, and you were first telling me what you thought of it, you said, it's great. It's where I go for all my Mike Pesca related news. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's still true. Uh, looking back to that live wire taping, uh, listener Marcy, a 10, was at that taping and uh, came to the aid of a guy who collapsed next to her in the audience. So that made for an interesting conversation on Monday. Mainly because everyone is curious what happened to that guy, and Luke has no idea. <laughs> he seemed to have less idea than anyone in the building. I was listening to the gist. Oh, no, sorry. I was listening to a live wire last night, and I could hear when Luke uh, threw it to break. Like, um, that was the only indication in the whole show that anything was going on. He sort of awkwardly had to throw it to break in the middle of an interview. Yeah. Um, these things happen, uh, and I have a note on this. Because I think I can top Luke's story. It's not as quite as dramatic for that number of people, but I was working a gala dinner years and years ago now, and uh, we had a guy die. Wow. Just heart attack, massive, dead when he hit the ground, out cold. Uh, there were probably about 150 people there, and he was talking to some people in a side room off the bar and so thankfully only a few people actually saw it happen but uh marcy's right i mean it's it's such a show because the emts come in and they take him out and they they don't have the authority to decide that he can't be saved so they put on quite a show even though it was very obvious he was dead so uh i've been there i was emceeing that night you killed yeah i gotta put that (laughs) on my bio for amplify speakers bureau yeah, have someone endorse you that was there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, someone who I won't name, even though they'll never hear this, did look over at me and say, did we at least get his check for his dinner first? I was going to uh, make that joke. 
make sure that make sure that his estate donated some. Right. <laughs> uh, did he get the chicken? Because this fish is terrible. I would like to look into it. Thankfully, well, I was about to say thankfully it was before dinner, but actually it made for a long and awkward night. Yes. Um, uh, he left and hopefully he'll be all right. That was the line of the night. Mm-hmm. Oh. On to our top story of the day. Obama has a Facebook page. Uh, Obama raw, as Andrew said. Nope. I think he's doing this because his daughter's going to college and he wants to keep track of her. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, maybe. And if he really wants to do that, I don't know if Facebook's there. He needs to get a Snapchat yeah. or an Instagram. Mm-hmm. Not Facebook. Or an LO. She's not going to put any. Yeah, an LO. Yeah. What, uh, what struck me about this is now that he's out there on Facebook, you know, like saying things about the president, like I'm going to hurt the president, I'm going to kill the president, uh, this, that, or the other, uh, will get you arrested real fast. And this is a venue just for the FBI, just to, they can go into that Facebook page hourly and just collect oh, and information, you know, sweep the, it. The great thing about this is that now people can tag him in their death threats. <laughs> the only thing worse than being tagged when you someone's telling you you're telling boring hot dog stories is to tag you when they say they're going to murder you right i like that this is a 21st century warrant sweep yeah yeah (laughs) this is just a new level just just a way it's like a beacon for dummies to go Mm -hmm. to go say something (laughs) stupid and and then uh, end up in the in the feds uh Talking about Obama's rise in politics, Luke tells us his recount of the Jerry Ryan, Jack Ryan divorce, mentioning Jerry Ryan, an actress from Star Trek, The Next Generation, which, of course, he was immediately sharp shat by dozens of listeners. Nerds. She was. On, <laughs> I knew I was upset that she was on Voyager. Well, I'm not saying uh. you're not a nerd, are you? Oh, I'm definitely a nerd. Okay. If you know the difference between any of those little Star Treks, then then you're a nerd. Yep. I have a um, Harry Potter tattoo, so I'm not throwing many stones. Right. Uh, and there was a conversation about what kind of president you want to be, uh, a Clinton versus a George W. Bush versus an Obama. Hmm. I think because we're four white liberals... We're probably all going to want to be Clintons or Obamas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, Clinton you know, got the, to have more fun, if you know what I mean. The thing about um, the presidency is, I've always had a reverence for it. Like, um, I had, a, I've had a chance. Like, once I got through with college, I worked in D.C. and met a lot of politicians and people that were really high up. You know, just, I'm just miking these people up for for interviews, um, and but even if I didn't agree with their politics, like I met Newt Gingrich and, and I did meet George Bush and uh, the, you have to have some sort of reverence and some sort of respect for the office and the, and what they've attained. I think what we've kind of lost these days is we just demonize. If we don't agree with someone's politics, we demonize them and there's, Oh, he's a terrible person. Well, it's, I think Luke said it before. No one wakes up in the morning and says, I want to make this country worse. You know, they, you just happen to disagree with the way they want to go about making the country better. So, um, I, I'm just saying I wouldn't mind being any kind of president, even if I were a president that I disagreed with. That's the most thoughtful thing you've said in weeks. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Get and it had nothing to, and it had nothing to do with Paris. Um, 
our presidents, uh, what what I've been thinking about with Obama is what he'll be like post presidency because he's still pretty young. Mm-hmm. And Luke talked a little bit about Clinton's global initiative and kind of the, how that's what he's owned and run with for the last decade. Um, I've I've had near brushes with Clinton a couple of times while he was pushing the global initiative. I didn't actually meet him because I refused to wait in line or like push my way through other people gawking. But um, when Sam and I were in Chicago last year, actually it was when I went and hung out with the Chicago tens, uh, he had dinner at our hotel while Sam and I were sitting at the bar and it was pretty dead late at night. And he came out and walked through and shook the hands of everyone who worked there. Like the bus boys came out of the back and the secret service looked like they were kind of pissed because he was like Mm -hmm. going around and walking behind the bar and into the kitchen and, just glad handing everyone and that's his life now he just gets to be like a like a happy-go-lucky mascot that's pretty good mm-hmm. i think uh when you do that when you like are walking around and and you do all these unpredictable things it probably is to your advantage safety wise because you can't be like if someone w- wants to make a run at you they want to know that you're going from a to b to c but if you're just all over the place and shaking everyone's hand, you don't have that predictability. So I think the Secret Service should be happy that he's like has that Billy from Family Circus thing where he goes all <laughs> over the place because then the assassins <laughs> don't even know what the fuck to do. I've told you that one of my favorite things as a kid was to draw crosshairs on the circle of Family Circus to see if it hits <laughs> Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's come up before. Maybe not. No. Uh try it next time you're actually purchasing a physical sunday paper just just use the circle as your scope and see if you hit anything good take him down that's right uh luke reminds us that his dream is to do nothing uh which essentially is the plot of office space Mm. and uh who was it that wrote the 83 dollar check to his future self you are you talking about the jim carrey thing million dollar check Right. One of them made a joke about writing an $83 oh. check. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it that joke died when Luke said it, too. I think it was Luke was, <laughs> Luke was saying to do it that, that, oh, you should, to Andrew, you should write an $83 check to yourself. And then Andrew's like, I, I don't know what that's a joke about. Is that oh, on right. a movie? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't but that's it. like a famous story about how he did that. Right. No, the only $83 check Luke ever wrote was to a Red Robin. (laughs) (laughs) He got $20 cash back that (laughs) he didn't own. And Andrew's newest tonight pants are a pair of loose jeans. Uh, Again, again. I just don't understand why he does this. It's like he's teasing us. Jeans? He explicitly said no sweatpants. Uh It made me so angry. Does he like... I'm I'm not even going to, I'm not going to engage this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, this is a transition from his summer outfit. It was so hot in LA that he was wearing cutoff khakis and flip-flops. So now he's wearing what, like Jinkos? <laughs> right. Well, not actual Jinkos, but they basically should That's be Jinkos. Yes. I'm going to call this Make Mike Mad. Uh, <laughs> Kirkland tonight pants. I'm getting fucking pissed. <laughs> Uh, Buzz Aldrin's uh, sporting some wrist bling. Did you guys see this picture? Yeah, it does look weird. Yeah, uh, that's something I want to ask of the ladies. Uh, my, I thought my, he looked handsome. My father has always worn 
uh, jewelry, like, <laughs> uh, makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I never wanted to grow up and be like my dad and wear like a bracelet, but uh, he wears it and he thinks he's pulling it off. Ladies, can a guy pull off jewelry? If it's a medic alert bracelet, sure. <laughs> if you've been to the moon or you're Mr. Frizzell, I say yes. <laughs> yeah, Barb, Barb would say, rock on, Mr. Oh, Frizzell. I've seen the picture. I've seen the picture. Mm-hmm. I've got some cufflinks. That's it. I don't have any. I think no cufflinks are fine. I don't even wear a watch. Have y'all ever gotten with a guy that wore a necklace? My husband has a necklace. Is he wear it currently? Is it like a St. He's worn it every day. I don't think he's taken it off since he got it when he was like 14. What is it? It's a, well, he's Irish. It's a little um, four leaf, a little gold four leaf clover. And it's short. It's not like a big dangly necklace. So, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. He wasn't like a Latin American relief pitcher that has so much stuff (laughs) they can barely see over. (laughs) No, it's very tiny. Well, Jimmy uh, has his earrings. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah, I remember shooting the football through those at some point. <laughs> uh, some janitors swept up some garbage art. This seems to happen every six months or so. <laughs> <laughs> and we remember the Robert Smith interactive art story. We're briefly reminded of it, the story where Robert Smith... They didn't mention the part that he must have been somehow inebriated, but he was convinced that he should run into an art exhibit and touch it because it was meant for someone to do it. Uh, That story is somewhere in the archives, and so we'll have to find that at some point and share it because it is a good one. Uh, We get an email from a listener who says, make football safer by taking away the helmets like the olden days. I think you can do that, and it would be safer, but the problem is... Because in the old days, guys didn't have helmets on, so they didn't hit each other as hard, and they didn't lower their heads. They mm-hmm. would just tackle with their heads up. But the the problem is, in the amount of years getting used to having no helmets on, guys will still be hitting like they had helmets on. So you would see massive injuries and deaths in the... Just for like a generation, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Until, right. until we teach kids how to play without helmets, and those kids have to then grow up mm-hmm. and join the NFL, and everyone before them is just dead. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. already pretty much going to die anyways. Yeah, die early, but now they'll die yeah, immediately. Because, so right. this is the world war of football. <laughs> right. We're just going to lose an entire generation of football players. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll. We, what will happen is a transition like they did with hockey. You're grandfathered into not having to wear a helmet. Mm-hmm. so but it will be opposite yeah. your grandfathered it and so then it will kind of be like murder ball for a little bit <laughs> imagine how many how many guys you could take out that weren't wearing helmets if you still had your helmet on <laughs> oh my god i might watch football <laughs> i know right it's just a whole lot of young players and somehow alexander ovechkin playing football get behind that uh before we move on to tuesday i just want to note that I wish we could just share a screenshot of the run sheet as our show picture this week, because the block that Meredith has stacked in her notes, goddamn khakis followed by sweatpants are great. Followed by idea. (laughs) Kill football forever. (laughs) Yeah. That might be the best three lines she's ever (laughs) put down here. Uh, Tuesday, 1988, the Brownest Derby. Luke's going to eat healthy this week because he has to squeeze into his tux for an event in Tacoma on Saturday. So he has a hot dog with bacon and cream cheese. Is that a hot dog topping? I have never heard of cream cheese. Oh, oh my gosh. It's a Seattle dog. You have to have it. Okay. 
I started making them uh, for Emily, and boy, they are good. Does she have hot links too? No, we don't. Oh. We, we don't make the hot links. We actually get the s- stupid healthy chicken dogs. So this the, is the Seattle oh. dog is a hot link with cream cheese and grilled onions. Mm. Mike put some fat-free sour uh, cream cheese on there. <laughs> fat-free cream cheese. Has that ever happened to you guys? Uh, not just with cream cheese or, or sour cream or whatever, but you get home and you look at the package and you got the low fat or whatever, and you're just like, this is a waste of fucking time. You just throw it in the trash. Just yeah. fire just... it right in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew's excited about a Paula Poundstone tweet about Columbo because he thinks they might have something in common now, but apparently didn't realize it was a tweet about Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Paula Poundstone didn't either. <laughs> uh, we talk keys to the show, but quickly get sidetracked uh, to talk about Miss uh, Listener Michael's chart that he posted to the Facebook page of the length of each show. I last told week. you guys about that last week. I don't think you guys had seen mm-hmm. it yet. But uh, that yeah. re- I feel bad that I missed this. This is really my job. I should have done that. Right. Yeah. You should have been in charge of that. Yeah. I really dropped the ball. I'm not sure a bar graph was the right choice, but I appreciate the effort. I feel like a line graph would be more appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. With yeah. some standard error bars so that you can see the variation. That's mm-hmm. important. Right. Well, it's, easy, be- it's easy to sharpshoot science, Bobby, when you're not doing it yourself. So That's a good point. Take it easy. Luke talks about sucking in his gut. Just mentioning it in passing. We get an email from a listener. Uh, Jerry Ryan was on Voyager, not Star Trek The Next Generation. I saw that coming. Are they the same thing? <laughs> one's a Star Wars and one's a Star Trek. Trek, right. Okay. You're just mocking some of our best listeners now, guys. <laughs> uh, Direct Luke. your emails to Mike. Right. <laughs> Mike Frizzell at thisishowtheygetyou.com. Yeah. <laughs> no, dot Get org. you with G- G-I-T. <laughs> dot biz. Uh, <laughs> Luke wants a brown derby which he knows as a chocolate-dipped soft-serve cone. Yet Carrie worked at Dairy Queen and says she never called it that. And so we've gone down a whole rabbit hole of whether or not a brown derby is a thing. What do you guys think? I mean, we're all from all over the country. Have you ever heard of this? Well, we're deep in Dairy Queen country here in Texas. Uh, Mm -hmm. The DQ logo they call the stop sign of Texas. And... (laughs) And the brown derby makes sense to me. It's a brown hat that you put on mm-hmm. your ice cream cone. And I did a little research too and saw that it was, I don't know if it was ever on the menu as brown derby, but a lot of people in Texas know it as a brown derby. Interesting. Okay. I'd never heard it in Michigan or in Texas. Uh, Dairy Queen is few and far between in New England. So uh, this was hojo's country back in the day and now is sort of spread out with a lot of local creameries so uh, it's not a thing i've ever heard of not here either all right that's your scientific study on brown derbies <laughs> luke references the um the goop that they dump into the soft serve machines to make <laughs> soft serve and compares it to a bag of ground beef at taco bell mm-hmm. Both i delicious. worked at wendy's and we had frosty bags Sure. When I was a kid, the rumor was always that Frosties were made out of like sawdust, I think. Oh. Potato starch. Yeah. That's not true. Some sort of cellulose filler. Yeah. Yum. 
Uh, soft serve gets a bad rap as it should. Speaking of one of those local creameries, Western New York has Abbott's, which is frozen custard, which is like, you know, legit mm-hmm. soft ice cream. Get it's custard. Good. Don't go to Dairy Queen. Go get some custard. Especially because caramel's 30 cents a pump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Luke. I don't want to know. I don't want to talk about pumps. Mm-hmm. And also... It's not an actual measurement, a pump. And I never understood this because at Starbucks, they'll always say, you know, you there's this many pumps per kind of drink. What what does that even mean? Is that a tablespoon? Is that... I don't get it. Right. Stop a saying pump, pump. It's probably an ounce or something or half an ounce or whatever. But to the person working, it's a lot easier to remember three, four, five pumps for small, medium, large. I guess so. Lots of other little tidbits here. Luke was in the Royal Rangers, which is the Christianese version of the Boy Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> that did not get enough time. Yeah, he needs to. That's the first time I've ever heard of that. Me too. I and I, I would love to hear the ranks. What did yes. he say that he was? He was like a straight arrow or something? Yeah, yeah, straight arrow. I need to know what the rest are. Yeah, well, you become Jesus at the end. That's Eagle Scout. <laughs> Luke, Luke went broken arrow, though. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, talk about the guy's dress code for the TVTL 2000 show because Luke's going to be wearing a tux on Saturday. They start to wonder if they should wear tuxes on stage for the show. I think there's more of a conversation about that later in the week. Uh, as Andrew tries to decide how one could possibly rent a tux from one city and pick it up in another. <laughs> Not like anyone's ever done that for a wedding ever. Never. <clears throat> Top story. It's dark out. <laughs> yeah how how long do they spend it's, on that but it's not just dark it's oppressively dark almost all day here and we've had these crazy windstorms it was snowing a little bit on friday it's it's just terrible well and also luke lives in an unfinished cave right right so it's probably a little more gloomy where he is cold and gloomy even more Yes. Uh, so solution is to make soup. Hashtag soup talk. Um, we get into some vocabulary that pops up for Andrew, uh, starting with trifling bitch. <laughs> because apparently he gets the word of the day from Urban <laughs> Dictionary. <laughs> well, when I did, he, he was a little uh, in- incredulous about this, that his phone thought he needed this information but i guess i would argue that if he's going to urban dictionary that much he does need it that's right siri knows him let's stop now actually real quick and take a listen to andrew telling us about trifling bitch let me take a look here um on my phone and i will tell you by the way my phone doing something weird here uh, I, I have a, an Android phone that I, I really like, and it, it taps into all of my Google. You know, I have an Android phone, but I also use the um, the Chrome, you know, the Google Chrome browser on my computer that I log into, so it remembers all of my you know shortcut links and all of that stuff, which I love. I mean, I love how Google makes the world so much easier for me, but it is getting creepy. Like my phone automatically has this thing on the home page where it kind of says, Oh, this is what the weather is. And then usually it'll be like, this is what your team is doing today. Or this is when the next game is or whatever, like based on things that I've searched for. This is a little bit weird. It says the weather, Los Angeles, 66 degrees, sunny Tuesday, sunny Wednesday. Then underneath it, it says trifling bitch urban word of the day. 
What? Because probably because I go on to – I'm not even joking because I go on to Urban Dictionary a lot that I think – and on my regular computer, I think my phone has tracked that and thinks, oh, this dude likes Urban Dictionary. No, I'm just an idiot who doesn't, who doesn't want to seem like such bitch. an old man. I'm just a trifling bee. So I'm looking down. I went to a diner. Surprise, surprise. I have breakfast today. I put my phone down. I, I you know, go to read the newspaper before I click the button. I notice it just says Los Angeles, 66 degrees. Trifling bitch. Urban <laughs> word. The day. <laughs> All right, guys, since he didn't actually give us the definition of trifling bitch, I went ahead and looked it up. There are two. I think the later one is better. This was written by Skydog on November 4th, 2015. I like his work. <laughs> it's a little long. I'm going to run through it quick. Trifling bitch is. A backdoor girl, one who can't be trusted, a girl who is all about opportunity and doesn't care who gets hurt. Her feelings are never real and turned on and off based on, quote, what's in it for her. As a friend, you can never confide in them because if it suits them, they will betray you without a second thought. As a girlfriend, well, let's say you are in for an emotional roller coaster and she is at the controls, but it won't be long before she finds what she thinks is a better ride and you will be conveniently shelved to fuck with later. Don't bring her around any of your successful friends unless you are trying to get rid of her. Mm. And then the example, quote, wow, I just saw your boyfriend with Sarah. I thought she was your best friend. What a trifling bitch. I know Sarah's work, too. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you... want to read some of the words related to trifling bitch? Oh, yeah. Uh, We've no, got, maybe not. <laughs> well, we got some classics here. We've got slut, hood rat, bitch, child support, host. Child skank. support? What does that have to do with it? Alimony? Alimony, cronies, <laughs> cunt, of course. Ex-girlfriend. Sorry, Aiden. So, so sorry. Uh, ghetto ho, gold digger. Uh, is that... You're looking at this too, Meredith? Yes. Um, Gyno tariff? I would say gyno tariff. And just from taking that word apart, I can guess what it means, but I don't don't like it. We could click (laughs) on it, right? We could see what it means. Yeah. Uh, Okay. What men have to pay when they get screwed in a marriage? A gyno tariff? That makes sense why child support is also in this list. That's why we need to get a gyno tariff agreement together as a nation. Um. I'm confused how Mr. P's pizza is on the related <laughs> words list and the definition is just good for a quick meal. And that the example that seems, that seems like a paid is, advertisement somehow, Mr. P. The example sentence is just blazing doesn't even have Mr. P's pizza in it. Well, this is what Pimp Master Pete has to contribute to the world. Right. All right, that's your Urban Dictionary rabbit hole for the day. We also talk quickly about basic white guy, which I think kind of defines itself. It's just a white guy in North Face and Uggs, right? Sure. It's actually just Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> Andrew and Veeves went to a massage parlor. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> or did they? Yeah. Uh, and Andrew actually gets real for a few minutes. And uh, mentions that many years ago in their 15 year relationship uh, that Andrew actually moved out for about a month while they hit a rough patch. And this is similar to something that Luke actually mentioned a couple of months ago for the first time publicly anyway, which is that he and uh, he had 
He had had a bachelor pad briefly during a previous relationship. Hmm. Yeah, human. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't have any real yeah. commentary for it, but it was just, you know, an interesting Uncolorable. little... Uncolorable. Uncolorable. Yeah. yeah. I almost didn't bring it up, but it happened. Uncolorable. I still love him. <laughs> if I oh, edited... speaking of that, um, Mike, do you remember why, what the joke was, why, why they called it Red Lodster? No, I don't. I do remember Red Lodster. Do you remember that? Okay. No, I don't remember the joke. Okay. Still awkward. (laughs) (laughs) On to Wednesday, 1989, let go and let God smack. It's a nice day (laughs) in the Pacific Northwest, and Luke unmothballs the fireball drop for Andrew. Uh, We get into a tangent about 80 miles and final almost... (laughs) On all my sweaters. <laughs> it was. I think it was a world record for how quickly they got off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andrew and Veeves are going to a painting class. We'll hear more about that later. In fact, that picture is floating around on Facebook. They painted birds. It's hmm. cute. Um, Luke emailed Dave Ross after his 15 minutes of fame with Obama last week. And Dave wrote back to let us know that Obama did not smell of cigarettes. <laughs> Is anyone still thinking about that? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. Oh, of course Dave Ross said that. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dave Ross has to earn his conservative radio cred where he can because generally he's so level-headed. And so, like, that's a cheap shot he can take. Well, it feels yes. like... Um, that is really the best way to catch Obama smoking because he's going to have so many people looking out for him that he he could like he could smoke 20 cigarettes a day and never be seen but he can't not smell like cigarette smoke right uh in other breaking news Rudy eats poop <laughs> yeah that's a, there's a name for that do you, does anyone know what that is corprophagia we talked about or corprophagia okay. with a g that's right yeah, it's I a didn't... pretty fancy name for for what my, Poop eater. my dog Ginger does. The uh, I've heard that what you can do is have the dog eat pineapple because they love it and it doesn't hurt them, but it makes their poop taste awful. Hmm. Well, but Rudy's not eating Rudy poop. Rudy's eating cat every poop. other thing. So right. you need to feed the neighborhood cats okay. pineapple, <laughs> right? The I just deer. call that I call that recycling. I think that that that's great. Um. Luke has a fancy chair. He ordered it on the internet and it arrived. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's stop stop the show. <laughs> so he went on. He needed a chair. He wanted a new chair. He he shopped for it online and he found the chair he wanted. He ordered it. It came and it was, everything was in the box. Mm-hmm. And then he. And it was packaged. Packaged was well. Mm-hmm. And then he, he got it out. And then mm-hmm. set it up and put it together. Yeah. And and he and he was sitting in the chair. The chair was mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. There you go. And we spent Amazing. fifteen minutes on cool it. Cool story. No, I think that a chair story is way worse than a hot dog story. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Because he seemed so in awe about the whole thing. <laughs> right. Right. It was as if chair. it was as if Luke from nineteen ninety Came into the future and said, wait, you can buy a chair like this? And was very upset and also in awe and very excited at the same time. Yeah. 
Well, there was just a mild undercurrent of distrust and xenophobia because the chair came from mm-hmm. overseas. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He didn't order an American chair. That's on him. And uh, it's a $500 chair. It looks good. Did anyone else go look it up? Mm-mm. No. It, it looks good. Stylish. Very I've stylish. seen chairs. I, I don't need to. <laughs> I don't believe it exists anyways. How could Luke have bought a $500 chair? That's his whole credit card. That's what he made the joke. <laughs> I know. my favorite thing. It, he has a lot of stuff in his house that cost just under $500. Yeah. <laughs> it's a payment plan, guys. They broke it up over two payments. Uh, Andrew, actually, and this was my favorite throwaway line of the week. He just goes, I'd paint you if you existed. <laughs> just his that. homage to Edward Elby, Virginia Woolf. Um, that was perfect to me. Uh, Andrew also mentioned something about Bob's chairs in Poughkeepsie, which he made up. There is a Bob's discount furniture in Poughkeepsie. So sometimes art imitates life. You look this up? Well, there's a Bob's discount furniture three blocks from my house. So I wondered if there would be a Bob's in Poughkeepsie. And sure enough, (laughs) I've been to Poughkeepsie. It's a nice town. You shop at Savers. I've stopped listening to you. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Uh, how are people going to know how much I love the weekends if I don't buy that cap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much you love and weekends you, and lasagna? And you've got a Tim Tebow shirt coming. So, oh, my goodness. There's going to be a lot of gut cleavage. <laughs> we got more Tux Talks. More Tux Talk from the guys. And also a conversation about Andrew's Kanye shirt. Speaking of thrift stores. So many shirts of his that we'll never see. It's mm. true something wrong and yet anytime he's in public uh it's always the same blue check plaid shirt it is (laughs) i wonder if he's gonna try to get a check plaid tux t-shirt shirt thing you know when he gets when he gets home he switches into his tonight shirt which is the same shirt with the sleeves cut off okay (laughs) now he's just the incredible hulk It's just his regular clothes, but torn off. It's some mom exploded mom jeans at the at the shins. <laughs> uh, top story for Wednesday is Godsmack Smack Talk. Uh, the lead singer of Godsmack in a Seattle audience. No, it was Yakima, wasn't it? Yakima, right, right. He's not playing Seattle anymore. Come right. on. Is it Yakima's the Palm Springs of Washington? Uh, is anything the Palm Springs of Washington? <laughs> no, I mean I think that that's really what their sign says. Oh my God! Oh. I'm, I'm God what's that supposed to mean? Exactly. No one knows. That's pretty aspirational. By L.A., like it's <clears throat> it, it's hot as hell, and it's it's like an hour and a half, two hours away from Seattle. So I guess yeah. it's Palm Springs. I really yeah. hope that the Palm Springs, California sign says Palm Springs, the Palm <laughs> Springs of California. <laughs> or Not the Yakima, Yakima of California. <laughs> so Palm this, Springs, the Bay City. This was so painful to listen to, you know, mm-hmm. tr- hearing this guy trying to work it out. I mean, you know, you know, this guy, Bobby, you know, this guy in and out because you live in his backyard. Has he been on a fishing boat in Boston lately? <laughs> he was born and raised on a fishing boat in Boston. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and Mike, you made the right comparison in your notes about what character he's playing. Oh, right. Opera Man. I mean, it was like it was like Opera Man, but he he hadn't written it out in advance, you know, so he was halfway to Adam Sandler. Right. Which is why he accidentally said that the Seahawks have big cocks. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, thank you. They do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Christy knows. Yeah. Christy. Know. Jeremy's not editing this one. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> We get a listener. I, we don't need to say more about that, do we? No, no, no. No. Listener email. If you can smell and identify someone's cologne, they're wearing too much. This is a follow-up from Cologne Talk last week. Agree. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that rule, actually. That's perfect. Uh, another listener, uh, to beat the gloom of the Pacific Northwest, make your own chicken stock. Nope. I like it when people no. write in no. with overly complicated advice. You know, it's like Barb writing in or something. But okay, someone says making... they want to make soup and somebody writes in with a 45-step thing on how to make your own stock. Not even the soup. You're just making right. the stock. No, that doesn't make it, make the gloom go away. What makes the gloom go away is June. Mm. Or trip to Yakima. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Go to the Palm Springs of Washington. I mean, seriously, making chicken stock, and and I just have this theory of, you can buy a a thing of chicken stock. It might not taste as good, but whatever. You can buy that for three dollars, right? And it doesn't or, take months of saving scraps. Exactly. Of food that Luke can, would never cook anyway. Like, yeah, still, he doesn't have onions. Around, they're going to try be trying so hard to get a hold of every step of that process. Yeah. Or you can right. weirdly keep compost in your house and then put it into a <laughs> pot and cook it up. And you know what? It's still dark outside. Yeah. Uh, it's not- two, two, two notes. The first is if you've worked in a kitchen, it's different because you're producing enough scraps that you yeah. can actually make chicken stock sure. in a day or two. Mm-hmm. So I get that. When I worked, you know, a little bit of kitchen work, and when I grew up in catering stuff, that was different. We made chicken stock all the time because mm-hmm. there was always onion pieces and vegetable pieces and all that kicking around. Uh, <clears throat> and if you want chicken stock and you don't want to do all that bullshit, but you want real chicken stock, just poach a goddamn chicken. This is not the depression. This is not the war. You can just buy a $6 chicken and poach it and have chicken stock and soup meat for the soup in like four hours. Or go to Winco and it's $2 for a little box of it. <laughs> and, and it's still dark. My it's soup is dark. better and it's delicious in the dark. Uh, put some cornstarch in your stir fry. Apparently it's just the cooking episode. I've never, uh, I don't do much stir fry. Anyone? No, but I think we did this at the restaurant where I worked in high school. I think they did put a little, just to thicken up Mm -hmm. the sauce so it wasn't all watery. That is what it does. Yep. Uh, A segment on what happened on this year, episode number 1989, got bumped. Yeah. Another sacrifice to the clock. Uh, And we close out the episode with the Alanis version of my humps it was awful i had to turn it off i couldn't listen to 10 seconds of that song you didn't cut through to the easter egg no i couldn't that's too bad because luke makes a joke about playing a natalie merchant abortion song i'd have rather heard that (laughs) i would have rather witnessed an abortion than listen to that 
abortion. On the upshot, he did not say a bobo. Uh, on to Thursday, 1990, Balmer status. Luke is eating venison jerky and has had two Lacroix. Uh, and Andrew is going to make America great again. His <laughs> campaign manager is Steve Balmer, which is where Balmer talk starts because he's just going to yell everything loudly. Uh, Luke reminds us that he has three Steve Balmer stories. The dazzling detail of which is the time that he saw Steve Balmer allegedly just drop his empty diet Coke can <laughs> assuming correctly that one of his uh, minions would just catch it. It was caught out of the air. Really? I mean, That's do, you, do, do we believe that part of the story? No, no. Uh, if this is actually the way that he is, I see that his assistant probably stands close to when they know that that Coke's almost done. <laughs> is he a super villain? Because this doesn't even seem like Dr. Evil level nonsense i i don't know much about him but i feel that once you get a certain amount of money you just become a supervillain because you've never had to do anything yourself including put put a can down yeah <laughs> it's hard this won't make sense yeah. for most of our listeners but all i could think was that matt baka's father is broke as shit and still keeps a cooler behind the couch oh yeah right you don't right. need to be rich. Just a personality type. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. I just think that, and the, oh, every so often these articles come out where, oh, Steve Jobs was so smart that he couldn't even choose what he wore, so he wore the same thing every day. And um, I think this is just you're just a huge asshole. Not Steve Jobs for wearing everything, but um, he just was an asshole. Well, I think uh, Steve Ballmer, he just goes through life like loud. And since he's rich now, no one can tell him to shut up. So he never shuts up. Mm -hmm. Well, and as you know, I've been a personal assistant for years now. And I'll tell you what happened is that the first time he couldn't find somewhere to put this empty can and so he did just drop it on the floor and the assistant had to clean up because, you know, there's like remnants in the can mm -hmm. had to clean that up. And so now they just think about that. They pre-think it. They have like a shapoopy that they hold underneath. <laughs> <laughs> um, that assistant is making more annually than I am, mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. what makes me sad. The Diet Coke manager. But that's a lot of pressure to try to have to catch Diet Coke cans out of the air. If he hears them <laughs> clink on the floor, you're fucking fine. Uh, Luke goes on a tangent about Jim Rome. Oh. Mike? Oh, boy, do I fucking hate Jim Rome with a passion. <laughs> I, I, when, I mean, brush with Jim Rome greatness. He was just kind of getting his start uh, at XCRA in Southern California when I was a fugitive. And... Uh, I think I called into his show a couple times, maybe once, maybe it was a couple times. And, and I thought about trying to play his game. I don't know if people aren't really familiar with his show, but it is just people um, saying awful things about athletes and each other. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't get into it. So I started calling the night show and that's how that whole business happened. If you've heard my story, it's, it's crazy, but um Jim Rome is an awful, awful person. 
he's an awful broadcaster and he's incredibly successful. And that upsets me way more than anything Balmer ever does. <laughs> His <laughs> listeners are the pests, right? Is uh, that him or is that someone else? No, they are the, uh, clones. Clones, right. Yeah. I mean, there's some ego for you. The, his his show is the jungle, and they are the clones. Right, right. I'm, I'm getting as mad as I can get about I'm trying to remember who about has the pest tonight. Now, jeans. I'm getting mad about Jim Rome, so we need to move on. <laughs> uh, listener Megan lets us know that the Brown Derby is probably in Luke's mind because it's a line from Waiting for Guffman. Uh, I, and I that, that. It, it may have been a Carvel menu item that the waiting for Guffman person mixed up, mm-hmm. uh, which leads to a conversation after a, a break from a Chris Hayes text who liked the James fellows talk earlier in the week, which we glossed over because it was more memorable for Chris than it was for us. A conversation about movies that are sort of on repeat in your life. Luke is waiting for Guffman. Obviously Andrew says that for a few years, he just watched four weddings and a funeral a lot. <laughs> he could do worse. Yeah. Better well, than Batman. McDowell. <laughs> she's no Janine Graffalo right mm-hmm. and of she's course no he Nancy watches Travis a lot of Archer either. and apparently a lot of Arthur <laughs> uh, Luke goes on a rom-com tangent before we get to our top story uh, the transit thief guy uh, I loved this story mainly because I enjoyed Luke's dramatic reading of Mm -hmm. the long form article over a music bed from Andrew. Mm -hmm. Very radio labby. They did a nice job with that. Yeah. It was a great story. Yeah. It's a sad story. Mm -hmm. It's a very sad story. He's he probably has Asperger's. They're right. And um, the only thing that ruined it was Luke's terrible uh, self-congratulating basketball comparison. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I I have a self-congratulating story to tell in that vein. He was talking about this guy named Javon. I don't know if Javon ever went on and had great success in college or pros, but he was also talking about Michael Dickerson, Jason Terry, these guys that he played basketball with. Luke was about 10 years younger than me. Um, when I was a sophomore, summer after my sophomore year, I was playing like American Legion or Babe Ruth baseball, and there was a, a kid who was a year older named Mike Campbell who went to Newport ended up going to university of Hawaii and then pitching in the pros, but he had a major league arm and I'd never seen a major league arm. I thought I could play baseball. I thought I could hit baseball. I had trouble hitting curveballs, but I thought I could hit any fastball anybody had. So I'm about to come up to bat. I'm on deck and I'm watching Mike Campbell pitch and, and it's way faster than anything I've seen, but I thought, Hmm, well, maybe, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I'll see it better when I'm up there. So I got up to bat and first pitch, through right by me. I'm not even sure if I saw it and strike one. I didn't swing. So then I thought, well, I'm going to swing this time and I'm going to swing really hard just in case I hit it. And second pitch, I swung really hard. I had no idea if I came close to it or not. Missed strike two. So then I felt stupid because I'd swung so hard. I kind of like my helmet was askew and I just felt like an idiot. So here comes here comes the third pitch, and I'm I'm going to take it. I'm going to get my composure back. I'm just going to take the third pitch. Third pitch goes by me, strike three, and I turned to the umpire and I said, "I think that one sounded low." And that was the only time I ever got a laugh out of an umpire. 
<laughs> but I knew. I didn't. It's like you know, you know when you when when you're done. It's like, oh yeah, well I'm going to continue to play baseball as long as they'll let me. But <laughs> this is not going to be. This is not my ticket out of out of Bellevue. Thanks. And then you went to prison. Um, <laughs> we look at a study that says not to trust your coworkers. No shit. <laughs> I, I've never ever trusted my coworkers anywhere ever. So that makes sense. Uh, Andrew says he learned this lesson on group projects in college when he was basically warned that people in the real world also suck at group projects. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yep. And Luke would rather play for the plucky underdogs versus a top flight team where he's mostly on the bench. Yeah. He wanted to be the big fish. Of course. Yeah. That was a pretty quick analogy for Luke's life. <laughs> um, Andrew's runner up one liner of the week for me. At some point during that coworkers conversation, he just goes, Luke, you ignorant. And then doesn't say the word slut. <laughs> Cause he's trying not to swear. Is slut a swear? Uh, can you say it on the radio? I Probably. It's just a pejorative. I, I think he yeah. doesn't want to say it because it, it reflects poorly on him to say it. Right. He's wearing his feminist looks like t-shirt. And mm -hmm. so it's very awkward. He's we'll never see his, it. But he he's cut off uh, tonight's shirt. He's wearing a fully sleeved shirt, <laughs> so he can't say slut. <laughs> he doesn't look like a, one of the redneck comedians. Right. Oh, um, Another podcast that some of us are familiar with is obsessed with celebrity net worth. And last night, one of those stupid Larry the Cable Guy Prilosec OTC commercials came on. And I looked at Sam and I just said, how much do you think Larry the Cable Guy is worth? Do you guys care to venture a guess? I, it more or less than Jeff Dunham, who makes $15 million a year. Probably a lot more than he should. Yes. Well, I don't know how much Jeff Denham is worth. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, Larry the Cable Guy is worth $60 million. Whoa. <sighs> so that that's how much it costs to, to invent a persona and then be forced to live that persona for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think he's upset about it. Do you think he goes back to his hotel room? And cries. I wonder if he has like a real college degree. In I bet. Something. I think he. This is a made-up thing. He's not really a redneck. So yeah, I bet he goes and just reads the New York Times and. Yeah. Well, and also these guys famously have comedy writers, so right. they're just a persona at this point. Yeah, he goes. I'd home do it for sixty million. And he rolls around in his Scrooge McDuck <laughs> swimming pool, and he mm -hmm. cries. And now we, we need to know how much Jeff. What's the website they use for this? Uh, I don't know. Just Google celebrity net worth. And the first okay. one that comes up, I think, is the authority on this. Uh, we stopped the show because we're going to talk about Andrew and Genevieve's new podcast after these messages, wherein they have a weekly conversation about TV commercials on an audio medium. Yeah, uh, Genevieve was amazing on that show. She really mm -hmm. broke down some stuff, and and I enjoyed listening to her, especially the stuff about the pizza business, the Domino's um, commercials where they deconstructed themselves a few years ago. Uh, but but what you're saying is right, Bobby. I think long term it's going to be difficult because if you haven't seen the ad or ads they're talking about, 
uh, everything they say isn't going to land with you. So I think they're going to have to develop some sort of interactive platform to do that, to do that show if, if it's going to work long-term because, uh, you know, eventually you're going to run out of ads that everybody has seen or everyone can reference. Right. I'll be honest. I'm looking for, I I thought the first episode was great. Yeah. Uh, I hope that they settle in and get a little more comfortable, mainly Andrew. I think Genevieve's already pretty comfortable Mm -hmm. and I hope that they spend a little more time bullshitting about their own lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Along with commercial talk. I mean, they clearly know their stuff. At one point, Genevieve threw out the name of an ad agency and Andrew was like, oh yeah, I think it was them. And so like they've, they've put the effort into this. I think she works in marketing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So this is like her passion anyways. Right. No, I think it's good. Good for them. Uh, I, I hope it thrives, and I am pissed that they will already have more listeners than us. Yeah, I was pretty <laughs> mad when they announced the they announced they were going to have a podcast because well, we worked so hard, and they're probably going to have ten times the listeners right off the bat. Well, you know what also is worse. I mean, because they're going to earn it right by who they are or whatever. Yeah, but who is going to get more downloads than us that doesn't is that. 10 minute comedy podcast <laughs> right. the same name accidental downloads they're, they're they, right. they just exploded last week they're probably patting yeah. themselves on the back they got right that now. tbtl bump uh we need us we need a word that sounds like gist to rename our show <laughs> right <laughs> grist uh, well we, i have one we get an email uh outlang echolalia versus uh tourette's conversation from earlier uh which led to the guys talking about echolalia versus coprophagia versus coprophagia the trifecta not the episode title uh how how did you spell all that how did you i I had no idea i had to look this shit up i I bet you did echolalia i hit coprophagia uh i got on a guess and I do believe Meredith, the scientist, just updated my spelling on the run sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith, enlighten us. Well, it's the phasia. Remember, they went on this whole tangent about what an aphasia is and that woman on the news. And Right. So that's the talking one, phasia. Phasia. And then eating, the Latin word for eating, has phage as the root. So P-H-A-G. Mm-hmm. So up- that's the eating poop part. <laughs> Upstaging us on science and vocabulary with my english degree so thanks meredith might you want to just host the show sure (laughs) uh bean says uh the guy should play a song from the year that is the number of the show for the next week and a half or whatever i like this idea i do too i was gonna come up with a list for next week 92 3 4 5 and 6 um mike we could educate you on the years you were in prison and the hit songs from those years (laughs) please Mm -hmm so that could be fun maybe we'll work on something for next week uh friday episode number 1991 touche Rodfather luke is talking about women's underwear at the top of the show in a spot for me undies and that was creepy it's so creepy Ugh, i hate that copy like it's on lots of podcasts and they all have to say mm-hmm. that awful line and they all hate it i think yeah yeah now luke joking about how bad the copy is uh, At or, least he acknowledged it. I wish like Paul F. Tompkins would, because I hate hearing him say it. <laughs> yeah, that's even creepier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that that could have been worse is if it was Andrew. 
The good oh, point. No. The copy is what it is, guys. You have to read it. I mean, when they send you the money, you have to read it. That's well, right. Luke's fault. Those AutoZone checks <laughs> don't cash themselves. Uh, Andrew, or rather Luke, the smoky white devil is at the Sorrento Hotel. It's Friday the 13th. Andrew references Luke's TED Talk before a conversation about KUOW buying K. L-P-U. K-P-L-U. K-P-L-U. Pacific Lutheran University. That's where the name comes from. Got it. Thank you. So a jazz-based radio station isn't thriving? (laughs) (laughs) Shocked. There's a smile in your voice there, Meredith. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed this story. I'm glad it's going away. Luke is probably right. Doesn't Luke think that it's going to go to all jazz for a little bit until it fails? Oh, this yeah, is... they'll just drive them out and then, yeah, possibly. This is exactly what's happening in Buffalo, actually. Uh, it was a two NPR station town. WNED, my former employer there, just bought WBFO, which was the the University of Buffalo radio station, which was the mixed format news and jazz. And the jazz is slowly being chipped away and replaced with generic national public radio programming. Good. Wall to wall Garrison <laughs> Keeler. Yep. I'll take it. Yep. Just whistling S's as the day is long. Uh, our listener, and by our listener, I mean TBTL's listener in Denmark, is Luke's only P1. <laughs> and we get a reference to the Rod Father, uh, Rod Arquette, the boss that originally signed TBTL on Cairo and probably lost his job for it mm-hmm. uh i looked this didn't up didn't help let's Rod just say that. arquette is now hosting live and local four to seven on knrs utah he is sandwiched between glenn beck and rush limbaugh i podcast that every day <laughs> go get it folks it's really good <laughs> uh andrew's got a big weekend lined up he's having drinks at 8 30 p.m on a friday in la because he's a so wild late. man yeah <laughs> The good news so, about going out at 830 is you will get a table. <laughs> That's true. Saturday is going out to dinner and Sunday the Seahawks game is late tonight. Tonight's Seahawks game is late. So we should expect Seahawks. a ragged. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Nassau. We should expect a late, uh, groggy, ragged Andrew for Monday's show. Luke is hosting this thing in Tacoma and got onto a tangent about another event he worked this week. Uh, where Samson the dog was on stage and these guys got talking about how much they love OPDs, other people's dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love Luke's story about how he told Rudy that all all he needs is Rudy. No one else in yeah, life. That was I'm glad Carrie loved, I be, I'm sure she loved to hear that story. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> That's true. Um. Andrew comes up with the pun for a boarding cool. kennel called Barkingham oh, Palace. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, only the thousandth person to come up with Barkingham Palace. <laughs> After he does a quick Google search, the guys talk about the TBTL 2000th show and have come up with a new, uh, yeah, let's say gimmick, where they're asking for everyone to tell us where we think TBTL will be at the 3000th show. You mean where guys... what the venue will be? No, no. Where the, the state of the what show? Will be oh, the state of the show. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, are you guys going to send stuff in? I, feel I like... have an 
optimistic proposal that they'll put a last name pronunciation field in the TBTLathon website. <laughs> <laughs> You're dreaming big. Yep. Um, I have a dream that there will be a keyword search on the infinite guest page. Hmm. You're making that dream become a reality, Christine. <laughs> I'm dreaming that that the closing music won't always be a fuck you to the listeners. <laughs> so basically, we all need to like another show. Right. Is what you're saying. Right. <laughs> I'm dreaming that the show will be shorter, uh, hosted by Panoply and hosted by Mike Pesca. Okay. Let's yeah. call it the gist. Yeah. <laughs> um. Bobby, I think you should write in and say something about how Little Red Bandwagon gets more downloads than they do. <laughs> I think this is something that we could probably dissect more thoroughly on a future show. If if they ever go into a week of reruns or something, it would be fun for us to just break down, you know, a future perspective uh, of where we think TPTL is going. Because I think we could talk about it for months. I don't have a a specific dream. I hope, I hope there's a show a thousand shows mm -hmm. from now. Uh, I got listening, you know, less than a year before the 1000th show. And it is kind of amazing that they've made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other tangent notes, strain notes from Friday. There's a Bob's burgers in Bellingham. I just yes. want to go. I don't want to drive all the way to Bellingham, but I'm amused at the prospect of a Bob's burgers. No, well, we have you scheduled um, in Tacoma, so don't even worry about Bellingham. That's the wrong well, way. Well, there's also one from my house less than a mile. Oh, right. You said the breakfast buffet is the way to go. Oh, mm -hmm. All right. So at some point, this uh, trip, breakfast buffet at Bob's We're Burgers. Yes. Uh, we finally get to our top story. The guy who created Liquid Planet, the water park <laughs> in Candia, New Hampshire, and definitely not some sort of weird porno store. Uh, chained himself to one of the water slides because he's being foreclosed on. The Mahatma Gandhi of water parks. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. It's on a hunger strike. <laughs> it smells bad and I'm starving to death, but I'm chaining myself to this water slide. Uh, and Luke wants to let him keep running it. Right. Luke doesn't understand the concept of money. It's not like the world is saying your business has failed. You can't run it because it's a bad idea. The world is saying you can't keep running this because you can't pay your employees or your bills. Well, well the bank is saying. Get out of jail and to, to fix all the trains and all the. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. This could be a scrappy CBS show where the the quirky guy with a criminal past and the guy with a dream get together and. Maybe it's USA Network. Maybe it's not quite yeah, good enough Yeah, it might for not be ready for America's yeah. most watched network, Bobby. <laughs> well, they do have America's number one comedy and drama and new show, Supergirl. So you shut your face. I watch a lot of football promos. Yes. <laughs> uh, Luke, this is his kid dream. This guy's dream has come true. He has his water park. Unfortunately, he did not dream about a, uh, an MBA or something. Uh <laughs> And Andrew's dream of having a desk near a window, as we know, came true at one point, but now is no longer true. No. Um, we get an OPP voicemail. Coworker, uh, our caller has a 
coworker who's obsessed with conspiracy theories, patentable ideas, and just won't shut the fuck up. How mm. do you stop this person? Yeah, how do you stop someone who has a lot of ideas and keeps trying to keeps trying to force them on other people? How do you do? Well, that? they how did a they did a great like job masking my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sadly, I think the, the consensus that there is no stopping these people is right. Yes. No. Don't even try. I have a coworker who believes in angels and believes that our company is trying to control our minds and that the government is trying to kill us. And I work from home now, but when I used to work in the office, she would come into my, she would just, you know, sit down, didn't yeah. ask if, if I had time to talk or anything. Usually didn't. She'd just come and sit down, talk about angels, talk about whatever. And the only way I could deal with it was just to stonewall her, which is really not my personality type. That was pretty aggressive for me. So it was very uncomfortable. But I just had to stonewall her and then change the subject. And she's like, what? You don't believe in angels? No. No, I don't. You know, that's the only thing that worked. And eventually it slowed down. But it never stopped entirely. Usually I can be a quick draw to make my phone ring. Uh, although, oh, yeah, you have a technique for that. I do have a technique to that, which is to make Meredith call me. Mm-hmm. It works. <laughs> it worked. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I can set an alarm on my phone to go off or something, but I couldn't quite maneuver that many steps because I was in the middle of our group chat a couple of weeks ago in the grocery store in line behind a guy with a cart full of gallon jugs of milk. <laughs> I mean, full. There's a picture and explaining to me about the government trying to take our money. And uh, Meredith answered my plea for someone to please, for the love of God, call me and got me out of that conversation. So, so the government, the government was trying to take his money. So he was converting it into milk. Yeah. He was milk futures. Yeah. He's right. going to freeze it. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, was he Susie Burbank? It was not it in the pools. Hmm. He just really mm. needed some milk. Well, when the milk economy, a... he, he'll have the last laugh when the milk based economy yeah. is in place. I mean, we all watch that show. Last man in America, mass, last, last man, on man standing. <laughs> we yeah, all that, watched that, that one. <laughs> last comic standing. Yeah, we watched that show. We see what's happening, What good, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if somebody had thought ahead to have a freezer that would survive the apocalypse. Yeah, well, I'm going to put all my futures in bacon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll be the all only the person bacons. not losing weight in, in, when mm-hmm. there's no food after the <laughs> apocalypse. It's like, it's funny because... Every show like that has had to have the episode where they explain why the fat guy hasn't lost weight. Right. Lost did that. Yeah. That Hurley w- found a a treasure trove of ranch right. dressing and was just <laughs> drinking. It's it. a season four, and, and the fat guy's even fatter than ever. <laughs> oh, it's my only hope. Um, music for your weekend. Andrew um, brings us some sad bastard music. He chooses Save Me by Amy Mann, which you might know as the outro song from the movie Magnolia. Uh, Luke, hipster, shadow people, Dr. Dog, fine song. And listener Jan in Denmark brings us Easter Island by the eclectic moniker. Not a bad song. That was our week. I had the cheerleader song stuck in my head after I heard that. Danish reggae. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I like that the listener said, uh, I was going to recommend some Danish reggae, but I know how much Luke hates reggae. So here's some Danish reggae. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick, quick on housekeeping. Christy, uh, I see a number, which I assume is related to archiving. 
Yes, we have officially archived 655 episodes, which is awesome. And we I'm only 10 weeks away from achieving my dream of having 2009 and 2010 complete by December 1st. Did I see that you issued a special gold star for someone who's done six weeks? Yes. Yes. Amazing. It's well, Yeah, a lot of people have been, and I have little, I'll call them minions, archive minions that are doing special projects. I've repoed some weeks. Um, <laughs> Do you just put a boot on them and then you come back later? I mean, how does that... <laughs> I just take them away. I, I haven't ever even told them that, that it's happened. Uh-huh. I like the thought but, that you come back to your parking spot and the router is there with the boot on it, but the laptop is gone and it's, gone. it's just <laughs> broken off. <laughs> right. I shut down access to all of the, the episodes. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, who's been helping us with the archiving. And um, it makes Christy happy, which makes us happy. She can be <laughs> our nice lady as long as everybody just does their job. Yes, please bring For us the love your of God, people. Do your jobs. Bring us your yes. board. You're obsessed. You're unemployed. We'll, we'll keep you busy. <laughs> Here's how you get involved with the show. Go to littleredbandwagon.com. Fill out the form if you want to be on the Saturday show. I think we're trying to do another round of Saturday recordings. So come join us. We've been doing them in batches lately, and it's Friday. Ah. <sighs> You guys are setting the bar too high. Friday. One more, not, that's one more and you're dead. fired. Really? I can go. <laughs> LittleRedBandwagon.com <laughs> Little on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon. Twitter, I'm at RL Pape. Mike, you're Drew McFrizz. Christy, Kissy Eyes. K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. Meredith is at Meredith underscore Mayhan. No Y. And producer Jeremy at Dadstronaut. Show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail. Shoot us a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And the latest episode of Nerd Out Loud. Christy, I want to ask you because you weren't on it, but it features Mm -hmm. our own Jeremy with Jeremy Henson from the Eureka Podcast, Mm -hmm. which is the show that likes to talk celebrity net worth, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, And it gets awkward and inappropriate and some uh, sexy times get discussed. (laughs) I haven't listened. Well, Christy, if you want to find out whether or not Jeremy would have mommy daddy times with a clone of himself, go listen to the latest episode of Nerd Out Loud. See, he's he's okay. withholding with Christy. I don't see him giving it up for himself. <laughs> right. Um, Maybe they'd just cuddle. <laughs> some Jeremy um, on Jeremy non-goaling to touching on the latest right. episode of Nerd Out Loud. Uh, and with that... Christy? Until next time, this is the next party. I love you, Jen. Nailed it. It's the uh, Palm Springs of Rhode Island. Pawtucket. It really is. Did you guys see the picture? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the show picture now. No doubt. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I had no idea that existed. (laughs) Yeah. There's apples on it. Do they make apples in Palm Springs? No. 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 I feel like that's the least tropical thing you could put there. (laughs) (laughs) 
It does it does capture the desolation of Yakima in the background there. <laughs> Just gonna write Very a live true. in Tucson on it, be done. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what that sign looks like, right? That it would be from that show. 